Welcome to Health Law Talk, presented by Shahardi Sherman Williams. Health law broken down through expert discussion, real client issues, and real life experiences. Breaking barriers to understanding complex healthcare issues is our job. And good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening to this, welcome to another edition of Health Law Talk here at Shahardi Sherman Williams, where myself, Conrad Meyer, healthcare attorney, and the ever powerful, smart, intelligent co-host Roy Bellina. Say hello, Roy. Thank you for that introduction. I like that, huh? That was good. That was impressive. That was a good. I like that. Well, that I'm a, glad. That I try to be impressive. One. Keep that introduction up. You like that? For me. You know, <laughs> you feel good, good, you call me, you know? So today, uh, Rory, we have two special guests in the studio today. Uh, Randy Meir, pharmacist, Capital Wellness Solutions, and Dr. Rome Sherrard, a physician. Both of y'all, welcome to the show. We, uh, we, Rory and I really appreciate you. How are y'all doing today? We're doing well. Thank yes, you for sir. having us. We really appreciate it. Doing great. You. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, today we have a very, very interesting topic. We're going to be talking about medical marijuana. I mean, I think, Rory, I know you get questions about this. I get questions about this. And, and we decided to reach out to the two experts here in Louisiana that are dealing with this. Uh, uh, Randy, uh, you want to tell the audience a little bit about your background and, and capital wellness. And then Dr. Sherrard can chime in. Tell us about medical marijuana. What What is it? What is capital wellness? What do you do, Randy? And then I'll go to the doctor. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Uh, super happy to be here with you guys today. You know, being a pharmacist in Louisiana, I own several pharmacies throughout the state and ship specialty medications to many states. Medical marijuana excited me because we treat it no different than a specialty medication. Uh, when this came to our state several years ago, I knew it was going to be regulated by the pharmacy board. I knew that we run very accredited pharmacies. We were on the cutting edge with specialty meds, and I looked at this as something good to do for the community and be able to help patients. I'm so proud that we got the, one of the first licenses here. We dispensed the first product to any patient in Louisiana. And I tout that throughout the country saying we actually dispense the first product in the Deep South as I go through other states and help educate not only physicians, but legislators on medical marijuana. Now, and that's a great, and, and that's what Capital Wellness does? Yes, sir. Okay, and Capital Wellness, just so the listeners know, that is the name of the, the pharmacies that you have? That So Capital Wellness the, is the medical marijuana dispensary. I got it, okay. It, it's located in Baton Rouge. Um, we have the Capital Region. There's 10 permitted pharmacies throughout the whole state. Okay. We're one of those 10. Got it. And a pharmacy dispensary, I mean, am I saying the right lingo? What, what's the difference? Is it, there any difference? I don't, I don't there know. is. No, great question. So your, your traditional pharmacy will service you with all your medications. Right. These 10 pharmacies that are placed throughout the state only service you for medical marijuana. And these so are brick and mortar? They are brick and mortar. Okay. When you come to our site, you will be educated and sit down with a pharmacist if you choose. Mm -hmm. Or you could go online and look at the several products we offer and, and pick what's good for you. Rather, it's wanting to sleep good at night, um, live with less anxiety, whatever it may be. Right. And, and that's one thing that we'll get into later is, you know, who's, who's our average patient? What does that look like? And, right. And, but I will tell you, this pharmacy just has medical marijuana products. Uh, being a pharmacist and owning other pharmacies that service a variety of patients, 
that's what excites me because I see the difference we make in patients' lives with this therapy, just medical marijuana. So it's not just you're dispensing, you're also educating along with, with the doctor, which we'll get to in a minute, correct? Yes, sir, absolutely. And, and, and I guess, w- when did the first, I guess, mar- medical marijuana prescription, when was that dispensed here in Louisiana? Yes, sir, that was August of 2019. Uh, Capital Wellness, my dispensary was the first to do that in the state. That was to a cancer patient. Uh-huh. We actually um, serviced the cancer patient and the first veteran here in Louisiana. So that's been about three years now. Yes, wow. sir. And, and, and since then, how has the medical marijuana pharmacy business from, from Capital's perspective, from what you can say, has it, how much has it grown a lot, little? I mean, are we, are we seeing more and more every year? What's, what's sort of the, the, the pattern here? You know, we've had several hurdles. So when the licenses were first given mm-hmm. out, we had limited diagnoses very limited. We didn't even have chronic pain in the very beginning. Okay. And that's an area that we see helps patients so much where they reduce all their other meds. They're not taking as many opiates. We got that approved um, right went before the program was launching. And then we just didn't have many products. You know, patients only had few choices between tinctures, um, some vape devices. The program has evolved so much to now today, we have a full line of therapy. Uh, One year ago, is when Smokable Flower launched. And about 60% of the patients that come to us prefer that. So mm-hmm. prior to Flower, where they could get the Smokable form, it was just a lot limited. Uh, patients, the reason they prefer that treatment choice the most is because of the immediate onset. You know, we could give them tinctures, we can give them gummies, vapes. Vapes work fast as well, but Flower, you just get the fast onset. Um, what's what's a tincture? I've never heard of it. Tincture, yeah. So it's a it's a little vial of liquid that has THC in it. Okay. And, and CBD combo. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a big misconception. People oh, don't realize I'm that we have just pulled up on the screen. That's yes, what sir. that is. That's it. That That's is the wow. Line. Look at that. And for the first two years, that was pretty much all we had. Last January, one year ago, is when flour became available, and that's when the program really exploded. Wow. So. I mean, do you see, I mean, we only have 10 dispensaries in the entire state. I mean, I, I know that, that that was political, some people say, right? They're not expanding this. I mean, y'all, y'all you're going to have, it's only going to be 10 dispensaries. I mean. You know, but, we did do an expansion because we wanted more Oh, you did? Okay. I did, I, see, I didn't know that. Yes, so, sir. So, so how, does, how did that work? So last year, the program expanded and okay. went ahead and mirrored what some other states do, like Florida, where you have satellite locations. So the uh, 10 of us. Once you meet these milestones from a patient demand, you, it's a triggering event for a satellite location. So we went from 10 to 30 in the state. Did you know that, Rory? I did not. I no. did not know that at all. Yes, sir. So you have to, so let me, so you're governed by the Board of Pharmacy, correct? Yes, sir. So do you have to go to them and say, hey, is it the pharmacy that controls the dispensary or is it something else? I don't even, I don't know that answer either. No, the board is our regulating body. Okay. They monitor as each dispensary reaches 3,500 patients. Oh. They trigger your second license. Once that dispensary gets 3,500 patients, you're triggered for the third. So when you say license, because I mean, I'm familiar with controlled CDS licenses, right? Mm-hmm. With doctors. And I'm, I'm familiar with a pharmacy license in the state. So this is a special purpose license for this? It is. It's a, a therapeutic marijuana Gotcha. Permit. Okay. So you, you get a, a permit. Um, once that triggering event happens. So that's very interesting. So let me, so let's go to the clinician side. Dr. Dr. Sherrod, tell me, first off, let's go in and talk about your practice. Tell me the name of the practice again. Yes, it's Transformative Health Centers. And um, we're based out of Baton Rouge. Okay. 
and it's just been a wonderful experience. I'll just give you a little history. Yes. Um, basically, I I work as a um, an emergency room doctor, and I do that um, as my other job. And it's just been really, really um, a, a step in the right direction because we have a lot of patients that suffer from chronic pain. We see them in the emergency room. Right. And we are trying to get away from the narcotics and um, basically opioids. Right. And the, the crisis that's out there. So. You know, what happened basically is I was um, um, at home and I had an individual next to me, Mr. Randy. He came by and said, hey, you know, um, I am, I'm with um, Capital Wellness. I'm a pharmacist and we're going to be starting a medical marijuana program in the state of Louisiana. And I was like, what is this? Right. You know, tell me a little bit more. So time passed and we actually... Um, got together and start working together as far as getting getting the knowledge out and the wisdom as far as the medical THC. So your clinic is it, it's you. You're you're the, you're the guy. The, I'm, I'm the man. You're the man. <laughs> <laughs> so when and 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 you know speaking of of ER physicians, my wife's an ER physician. So oh, wow. Okay. So I mean, I, I can see the 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 difference. I can understand where you're coming from when you talk about how you came into play yes. with starting this this business. Um, Patient comes to you in the ER, or do you have a separate clinic, or how does it work? Yes, um, I do not um, do the recommendations from the emergency room. Got it. What I do is, um, what we do is we have to do advertisement and referrals, and basically patients will see in our advertisement um, that the um, the actual recommendation qualifications. Okay. At first, we started off, like you said, with about 10 um one would be anxiety, one was um, tractable pain. Um, those were several of the ones that they had. So basically what happened is from there, they will call or contact our, our company, and we'll set them up. I have a secretary that helps handle that as well, and we get their information. And then what we do is a formal interview where we talk with them, and we go over the medications to see if there's something that will help them help them with their needs. So you look at H and P and get the the background, what's going on with them, and sort of do an evaluation. Exactly. And then you decide clinically if they're you know eligible for the program, mm -hmm. and then and then they, and then so then it's just a lockstep into uh, Randy's program at Capital Wellness, correct? You go to refer to, to Randy, correct? Yes. So what basically happens is the patient will fill out their application, right. we'll do an interview, we'll talk. And then from there, what we do is um, I will write this thing called a recommendation. Okay. That recommendation is sent to the dispensary. Um, we usually send our patients because I'm in the Baton Rouge area, Capital Wellness. And from there, the patient will go into the dispensary and get their medication, um, see, um, get the recommendation uh, verified from the pharmacy. And what I really love about the program, and it's just a progression in the right direction, is that we also, it's a double verification. You've got the doctor that actually talks to the patient right. and does the H&P and the information. Then from there, we go to the pharmacy, or the dispensary, and the pharmacist actually will sit down with them and go over the medications as well as far as the dosing and what works best because you've got several strands, strains actually, and then you also have... Um, different concentrations that work differently for the um, patients in particular. Interesting. Sean, I had a question about that. Sure. So, you know, and, and we're looking at your website right now where, where patients will come in. And I know Randy briefly spoke about how there was this expansion where I believe it started with 
16 approved conditions by the state legislator. And then they expanded it. They added on chronic pain that you mentioned. And then they added like a catch-all, which was kind of like, I believe, as doctors thought it was necessary to recommend. I know like Louisiana, it seems is going in the right step and expanding on this use. When a patient comes in and they, they see you and they go through everything that you mentioned and you give the recommendation, do you, do they get a card per se, or is it, and then, or if they don't, what goes over to capital wellness? Do you say, I recommend a tincture or the smokable form, or is that decided once they get to the pharmacy or the dispensary? Yes, that's a very good question. What we do at this time is we actually do write the recommendation. And what I do is I send that recommendation to the dispensary. In the state of Louisiana, there's not a card. Uh, We are really hoping one day that it will be included with the L.A. wallet. That would make too much sense. Sure. But (laughs) but you've got to, you know, make your baby steps. So basically what we do is I give them documentation that they are part of the program. I'll usually send an email to them and they can print out or what have you. And that has come into play a lot of times if you're, have a situation with your job or what have you, you need to have some kind of verification documentation. So um, we do that as well. Okay. And so then they go to Capital Wellness and they discuss with the staff there what type to get or or do you recommend that? Um, That goes, we work hand in hand actually. Okay. It's a protocol. We actually, what will happen is I'll have a recommendation. I'll give the diagnosis that I feel is appropriate for that patient. From there, the actual, um, uh, dispensary will the pharmacist will receive the recommendation they'll look at the diagnosis and then from there they'll kind of decide the concentration S- several factors um, come to play one is the diagnosis but two the other thing that we always look for is the experience of the patient you know there's certain concentrations for different patients and then the strains also have a come to and play. see that's so much different to me when, when i think of i go see a physician they say you need you know Tylenol 300 and go to the pharmacy and the pharmacy says, yes, we have Tylenol 300. Here it is. And that's kind of it. But this is, this is very different in that the, the pharmacy or the dispensary really has a say. And, and I know that we've, we've had an episode with pharmacists about this before um, where they've, they've said that they wanted more of an active role in actually deciding what the patient got because they're specialized. They go to school, you know, just for kind of the drugs portion and that you know sometimes the physicians don't know as much about the drugs as as they do so this is really interesting to hear that you know it it, it allows the dispensary and the pharmacist there to have a say in that yes that is so true um it's it's been a big change for me as a um, primary care physician and er physician i it's been wonderful to be able to work hand in hand with the pharmacist I talk to them. I had they have my phone number and I have theirs. We talk and discuss and we go over <laughs> treatment plans for the patients. And that working together it has been a good step in the right direction. And I really think that's something that we should sure. do more of as far as yeah. going in, in the health profession. I could comment a little bit on that too because we found the reason that was such a necessity in this space is because as products were available, certain products are more available, certain aren't. So a few physicians would say we're adamant about our patient having this specific product. Well, that one may not be available next month. Or the patient may build up tolerance to that and need something a little stronger. It was so much more convenient for the patient for us to sit with them and say, okay, your, your condition's changed a little bit. You maybe have built up a little tolerance. You need to use it more often. We can go ahead and give you this one now because this is available. That's really, yeah, I mean, that just this is the first time that I've, I've ever heard where, 
you know, the, the pharmacist actually has a say in the medicine that, that the patient gets or is recommended. There's so many different products in this space. It's hard for, it would be so such a task for a physician to say, we're, we're locking you into this specific one. The strand may change, many things change. So the way we view it as a therapeutic marijuana recommendation, you're, you're authorizing the patient to receive therapeutic marijuana and when they come see us, they get that. Regardless of which form they get it, edible, smokable, vape, um, is up to the patient. Sure. Well, Randy, one question that, that I had for, for you is, this is, I want to say, relatively new to Louisiana. Other states are have been a lot more progressive with it and are allowing it for recreational uses. Can you elaborate on, on where you see that going and... You know, I guess, what are you hearing about if it is going to move to a recreational use? Dr. Sherrod, I'd love to hear your opinions on do you think that's a good idea or, or not? Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, I'd love to hear your opinions on, you know, this versus kind of like the, the street prices or the, the street programs. Why is it so much better if you need this to, to go see an actual physician to get a recommendation versus buying it off the street? You know, basically, to sum up all of those answers, it's around quality and testing. All of our products have been tested. They've been approved by a lab. Many products that we see that come in from other states or across state lines or recreational use, black market use, um, don't have the same testing protocols. So, so that's why essentially you're gonna you're gonna pay more to get it from a center like yours. I've had patients in our lobby. We've had patients when the media is there on camera, even students from LSU. Um, everyone from our common patients that will be in our lobby and say, we don't mind paying a little more Absolutely. to know what we're getting. We know that this is a guaranteed product that has not been tampered anyway, and it ha- and we're getting exactly what we're buying. That's so you can't just come in and say, I want the, the Purple Mountain, <laughs> you know, or something. I can't, I can't come in and say, I want, I want this, 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 you know, whatever, some kind of crazy name, no, weed. I think it's really, imp- I think it's really. It's important. all based on, on potency. I, I don't it know is, what it is. Right, but you can actually do that. I mean, we have. You can. Oh, yes. We have all different. We have Jenny Cush. We have all kind of names. Okay. And I had, now that's something I didn't know either. Yeah. Did you know that, Roy? I did not. If yeah. you go to my website and you hit the online. Yep, ordering. We're, we're looking at it right now. You can oh, look at it. So they yeah, baked apple old. pie. Yes, sir. So there is nine pound hammer. Yeah. What is that? That was really good for sleeping. So we. This is the thing that's amazing. If you walk into Capital Cherry Wellness Diesel? right now, you'll see the average patient that comes to us is a fifty-one-year-old female. Really? And that fifty-one-year-old female always tells us the reason they're there. They want to sleep good at night. They want to have less anxiety. Okay. So that nine pound hammer that you just seen, it's really good vape device people will usually use that 30 minutes before bedtime they'll you vape on it you know two vapes and they're good they sleep like babies really okay i what, had no idea what is how the, many wait, wait, how many varieties do you have you see them there bud and it changes every day five, he said wait did i see that five no 500 and no that's not 510 how many varieties that, I'm looking at? That's that. a 510 thread, so oh, that attaches to a vape device. But, uh, but okay. If you go up right there, I'll walk you through it real quick. Go up, so go up Roy, and anyone can website. look at this. This is our online catalog. That is all of the flowers. So you can scroll to the side right there, and you'll see all the different flower types we have. That is what's called your smokable flower. So you're gotcha. going you're gonna to roll that yourself, or you're going to smoke it. So you get this from the growers? Yes, sir. And there's only two growers in the whole state, right? Yes, sir. Is that LSU and Southern? Yes, sir. Wow, look at all that stuff. I mean, I got yeah. ghost, melted ice cream. 
Now, let me ask you this. Does the, do the growers make the names up? Or when you get them, you say, I'm going to create this one. What, what, how does it work? It's named after the strand. So all of this okay. is specific oh. to the strand and how it's been grown. Okay. 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 I, I learned something new today. So I have a, a, a more more practical question because I'm just thinking about this for for the everyday consumer. Right. Two things that I'm sure, Dr. Sherrod, you get a lot of questions about are, what if my work finds out? What do I tell my boss? Can I very can good I, question? Can I drive? Can I operate heavy machinery? Right. You know, what is your conversation with the patients about that part of this? And then yes. also um, the insurance part. I love for both of y'all to talk about how that's evolved in Louisiana or what the current status is. I just I honestly don't know. Yes, it's a very, very good question. Um, at the very beginning, it was a large gray zone. Um, several things that we use for criteria as far as usage, we do ask and screen our patients. Um, we, we just don't hand it out to everybody. Sure. want to make sure that, you know, they do qualify, but some of your um, reasons we would not prescribe it are age. I don't... Um, right for anybody under the age of 18 okay number two pregnancy it's a mm, big question sure. big, big variable um and also your work your your um, job and that's where it becomes personal at transformer health center you talk to me sure so i can kind of guide you through and everything and there have been people that i said hey look you're operating an explosives truck or whatever i don't think that's a good idea for you to do it okay um i've had um big um, fortune 500 companies that are here in the area that I've actually been able to um, work with their compliance and figure out what, you know, they would like and everything sure. as far as, you know, having a plan for the um, people that work with, um, you know, equipment sure. or stuff that needs to be um, watched and monitored. What I, what I was thinking of was the example of you mentioned, like, for anxiety. So if this is something that someone comes in and you recommend it to them for anxiety and let's say it's the, the smokable form and they smoke before they go to work. Yes. You know, do, is that going to affect them driving to work, performing their job duties? I assume that's all things that you, you go over with them. Oh, so yes. They, yes. So they understand, you know, can you do your job while you're on this? Yes. And the answer to your question is these patients are able to perform um, with the medication. A lot of times if there's something where they're handling heavy machinery or heavy equipment, we do put some stipulations. I've even drawn up contracts or whatever oh, wow. with their employers where they agree not to, um, you know, use the um, medication um, eight hours prior to work. So if they have something where they have insomnia or whatever, they need to get rest, they kind of, uh, we have a contract where they'll take it before 10 o'clock sure. and not eight hours Sure. Um, you know, before. And that's driving too. I mean, driving a car. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Have, do y'all, I was going to ask y'all that and, and maybe Randy, y'all can comment on this. Mm -hmm. I know we have the alcohol limitation. No, you know, you know, we have to be 0.08 sure. or less right. or less than that. Maybe I don't know, but have they done something with THC in Louisiana? I mean, is it, so you can't measure it no. like that. It can't. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's absorbed in your fat cells. Uh huh. So regardless if you use it 10 minutes ago or 10 days ago, it doesn't it's matter. Show the same. It's in oh, interesting. interesting. Okay. I, I didn't know that okay. either. Now, there are some tests I hear coming out of Canada that are, are supposed to be improving that. Right. And you can tell more so if a patient's okay. under the influence okay. right away. The, um, the main thing to kind of answer some of the questions that you had was, you know, we view this no different than any other medication. So okay. a patient that's working in a plant that's operating heavy machinery that's been authorized to be on oxycodone because they're in pain. Yeah. If they take too many of those pills or you even take too many Tylenol, 
you're, you're not going to function right. This is no different. Many of our products have CBD in them along with THC. And the CBD helps counteract the fact that you're going to have this big high. Okay. Patients that use this correct do not get high. Exactly. Uh, they can use it if they, they, they want to use more of it. But if they're just taking small doses during the day while they're at work, uh, they function completely fine. Exactly. Interesting. So, I mean, I, and so I've been seeing CBD versus THC. What's, what's, what's the difference? Because uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a big thing right now. So CBD, they do allow a tiny bit of THC to be in that. It's okay. 0.1 if you buy it over the counter. We always view that as an entry level for a patient. A patient that may, CBD is great for inflammation. Mm. CBD is great to help relax you. But when it's in combo with THC, you, that's when you see the ultimate effect. I see. I see. Okay. So what's the difference between going to see Dr. Sherrod, and I know where this answer is going, but I want to ask it for our listeners. Going to see Dr. Sherrod, getting a recommendation, going to you, Randy, talking to your pharmacist, and then someone saying, well, I'm just going to go to the gas station and get the Delta 9 or whatever they're blinking on the Yeah, yeah, because you see that everywhere. And, and I, I feel like I keep seeing it at more and more places, even like my neighborhood gas station across from a school. I'm like, what is this? Not stuff? just the so, neighborhood. I mean, I see it on trucks, like down in the quarter. I yeah. mean, they're all over the place. So can y'all talk about what that is and, and how it differentiates from both of your models? Yeah, so once again, it goes back to the quality. Okay. okay. You know what you're getting. Right. You're, you're getting therapeutic doses with us. Many of the times those things are not dosed correctly. Um, it, it, we don't view that as a therapeutic alternative. Okay. With sure. us, you have a true therapeutic alternative. I hear there's some things, legislators are furious with some of that stuff happening, and sure. I think we're going to see some of that changing in the near future, where gas stations are not just carrying these random products. Right, right. Uh, and it goes back to quality and safety for the patient. Sure. When you come to us, you're guaranteed quality and safety. And that's what I would focus on. Got it. Got and it. Guidance. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's really big. So one question I had, and, and I know we could spend the whole episode on this, is insurance. What's the status with insurance with this? Good is question. It, yes. Um, currently, it's um, fee-for-service cash. Okay. There's no insurance um, due to the federal guidelines. Okay. Um, at this particular time, no buy, no insurance carriers um, okay. cover it. Are covering for are covering for the evalu like your evaluation, your or recommendation, or for getting it filled per se at a pharmacy. Both of them. It's it, it's not covered. So it's that's just, what's cash business. Just like yeah. cash, cash business. business. Okay. Okay. Well, Randy, that's got to be different for you. You know, you come from like the traditional pharmacy per se to go into this. So I'm sure there's been some learning curves in going mm -hmm. to that model. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, dealing with the PBMs. And we find many a times the PBMs, you know, they they charge the employer a lot larger price. So if the insurance ever did get into this, it would ultimately raise the cost for all the employers. And that's what people don't realize. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, PBMs, they're, they're not saving the, the – they may save the consumer a little bit, it appears, but overall it costs money for everything. We can do an entire <laughs> episode, Randy, on PBMs. Absolutely. I would love – well, I mean, I don't know if you want to do that with us, but I, I can tell you right now I would love to do that because I'm right there with you on PBMs. And I think people have – no idea. They do not. They, they don't. Do not. They costs, really don't. At the end of the day, it raises the cost for everyone. And that's not what they were there intentionally. So, you know, they, that's not what they were created. Exactly. And I think that that's 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 hard with this industry kicking off because yeah. you know I look at I'm looking at you know uh, something that's a pre rolled. Uh, I'm like looking it, at Mandarin it, cookies. Yeah, it looks like it's a cookie, which I can't tell how large it is or how long that'll last. It but, sounds like a cookie. But it's it a cookie. It's, it's sixty dollars cash. Or you can get a 30-day supply of Percocets for $5. So, 
I mean, Dr. Sherrod, can you talk about how you, or if you do, I don't want to answer for you, prescribing this verse opioids or, or, you know, I know these are controlled on the federal level, but this versus uh, your standard controlled substance, what are your, yes. like, how has your practice shifted? It has shifted a lot. Um, my personal satisfaction as being a physician has changed um, over the last three years. You know, when I have patients that um, are receiving pain, um, um, opioids or what have you, it's a constant cycle of you having to go up on the dosing. There are a lot of side effects that go along with it. Sometimes, you know, we have patients that become addicted to the medications, and they also start, you know, developing a tolerance. And I've had a really, really good, you know, patient base that has been able to get off of the actual opioids and use just the THC. And one of the things that we really love about the medical THC is that it's one of those things if you want to stop or if you need to take a break from it, you're not going to suffer from the withdrawals that you would from the opioids. And, and Randy, I don't want our listeners to forget, you're, you're a pharmacist, so you've been on both sides of this, of mm-hmm. filling opioids and with your traditional pharmacy. And, and now this, what are your thoughts on when you saw scripts for Percocet versus a recommendation for this? Yeah, it's amazing. I will tell you, working with so many of the chronic pain docs, they love medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. and. The reason is they get a lot of pressure on them with the state to not prescribe so many right. pills. The, new, the um, new pain regs are just absolutely right. They're unbelievable. And yes. they even they, many of the physicians complain to me. They're like, you know, the state board and ju- around the country, it's not just Louisiana. It's everywhere that the DEA is putting pressure on them to not have patients on opioids and a benzo. They make them choose which product are you going to take, and they don't like that, so right. they're, they're happy they can give them therapeutic marijuana. Well, the pendulum is swung, though, Randy. I mean, remember that? The pe- we had the fifth vital sign, and I know you know this, Dr. Schrock. So we had the fifth vital sign that was, you, you were trained to treat the f- fifth vital sign, which is pain. pain. And now, after the opioid crisis, the pendulum has swung completely on the other side. It has. And, and so now you've got pain docs. I've got pain doc clients who are no longer pain docs mm-hmm. because they can't practice for fear of, you Breaking know. the regulations. Right. Yes, exactly. But I will tell you, the patient. And that robs the patients. It yes. does. It robs the patients. But many of them have started using therapeutic marijuana so much that now the doc will focus on their injections, will focus on treating them holistically without just pills and incorporate therapeutic marijuana. It's amazing the results. So let me ask you this, and then then if you you can talk about this, um, medical marijuana, because it's approved by the state, Mm -hmm. how does that interact with federal controlled dangerous substance license? Does it even come into play? It does. Um, I do have a lot of um, patients that I've had to actually turn away um, that do tr- they truckers? Uh, they do a lot of cross interstate. Um, uh, oh, I activity. see. And so it's got to be Louisiana residents. Yes, L- let's go over that as well. Yeah, because I, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. One of the requirements of the um, medical THC program at this particular time is that you have to be a state resident of Louisiana. Okay. And your borders are the state of Louisiana as far as you being able to use your medical medical THC. So. Um, so then CDS doesn't come into play. Is that right? I don't know. Um, it it the um, control yeah, it does because if you um, I'm I'm not making sure I'm saying the right thing when they are um, if you're driving a truck or what have you you cannot cross state state line, line. yes sir I'm sorry I didn't okay, so so because once you cross into Mississippi or Texas then and it's not legal let's say it's not I don't know if it's legal there or not but if it's not mm-hmm. then now you're in a in a place where you could be arrested and you could exactly I see and um, I've that's one of the 
things that the patients always ask, well, can I take this out of the country? Can I go on a plane? Oh, yeah, no. And the answer is no, but you'll be surprised. Patients still think sure. that that's okay. And um, My doctor told me I could go to Miami. No, 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 no. And that's one of the wonderful things being with Transformative Health Centers and being the doctor to be able to talk with them. I do give advice as far as not just the medical standpoint, but how you conduct yourself right. in in with the rules and regulations that they have as far as patients. So one other question I have. So I come to see you, doctor, and I get my prescription. I go to see Randy. He gives me Mandarin cookies. And, or whatever, 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 whatever you tell me I get, Randy. I'm, I'm just saying that because it's sitting right there on the TV, on the screen. Rory has it pulled up. Is it a one prescription time deal? I mean, I mean, can you order refills? I mean, how often do I have to go back to Dr. Sherrod if I need to go back? How does that work? Yeah, so what we do um, with Transformative Health Center is we actually, I build a rapport with the patients. Like I said, they all have my phone number to call me at any time if they need anything. The, re the renewal is one year each year. Um, I have patients that call me multiple times during that year, and I have some mm -hmm. people that call me at the end of the year. You know, and what we do from there is we go over, are you having any um, um, reactions to the medication? Is there anything we can do as a physician and as the um, dispenser? Because we work um, well together as far as making changes and improving your, 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 um, your experience with the medical THC. So your recommendation is for one year. So does that, in Conrad's example, he's allowed to go into the pharmacy every day and buy uh, at his discretion, how does that work, Randy? We do have limits. Okay. So if we see a patient climbing up to the state limits, we, we will tailor that down. So okay. well, I will tell you, though, we don't really run into that. The patients... Okay. So the state has a limit. They do have a limit. Okay. I see. But it's, it's, it's pretty high. It's on a monthly basis. They can okay. only consume so much. Got I it. See. Okay, so you, you, you're tracking that internally to know that Conrad was here the other day. He got this, so he really shouldn't be coming back for two weeks. And we really, we really don't run into that. No. I okay. will tell you, the only time we, if a patient's coming in to try to buy so much at one time, mm -hmm. then we're like, okay. Are you well, traveling what? somewhere, buying for friends? That's what I would say. Is it actually in a script, like an actual script on a pad? Like you say, here you go, and, and you give the patient... To give the Randy? No, the right. That's another thing. I'm glad you asked that see, question. See, good question. I like that. That was phenomenal. The um, actual recommendation is sent as a secured fax to the actual dispensary. Okay. So the patient the, never touches it. Yes, the patient does not touch it. They do not go in with their script and say, "Hey, I'm ready to get my medical THC." Okay. So there's no chance for tampering, right? That that, that, that was what I was thinking. So and Randy, you were talking. To, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. Yeah, you were I'm talking sorry, about Randy. your controls internally. If someone walks in and they say, "I want to buy it, one of everything." You know, you know, we've had that happen once, uh, you know, with a distillate. Somebody wanted to come in and buy 100 vials. 100 and vials? And we're like, no, no way. You can't do that. No way. We didn't let them do that. Sure. Okay. And, I mean, they wound up getting five. They were worried because they loved the product so much. They were not trying to sell it. They weren't giving it to family. They were just scared that it would be in short supply. Okay. But we still limited that because, you know, the, the board would never want us to do that. So. We, we limited them. I think they maybe wound up getting three because okay. that would last them for 30 okay. days. But so we, we look at how often it would last them. If, if they're getting a product that maybe will just last them five days, then of course they could come back. But we do monitor that internally. And this is just, I keep going back to like the traditional prescription model because that's all that I've known. This is so different because the patient's able to walk in and say, Randy, I didn't like the cookie. Uh, I need something different. Or it made me too tired at night I, and I couldn't wake up the next morning. And at your team is then able to change it up with them and they're not stuck with that script or having to go back to see Dr. Sherrod. We're able to change it because all strands work different. Some may make them more alert. 
uh, and, and we try to educate them in the beginning, but everybody reacts different to medical marijuana. And that is why we have the position to be able to alter the dose, give them something different. They may prefer non-pound hammer. Maybe non-pound hammer was sure. too strong. Sure. And they slept for 12 hours. So we, sure. we have the ability right. to alter that. Sure. So once the, 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 it gets faxed, the prescription gets faxed to Randy, yeah. that's, how long is that good for? That is good for a year from the time. That from I the time, that. okay. And I can, now I can see why you want L.A. Wallet. Yes. You know, to verify. so they can have for yeah. verification. For verification purposes. Dr. Schrott, are there any patients that this is not good for? If you could think of the patients that you've, that have come into you, and I'm sure you could pick up on if they're lying to you or not, but yes. are, is there any patients that come in and you say, I don't think this is for you. I think you need to see someone else, or I think you need to go with a different traditional medication. What does that look like? I do. I do. Um, we have a screening that we use or what have you. Um, one age is one of the big limitations. We do have um, that we have um, patients that are younger that they they're by requirement they, are, they have to see the person that's prescribing the medication or doing the recommendation has to be a pe- pediatrician by training. So we okay. do filter that. That's one of the big ones. Number two are our pregnant patients. We've had patients. Hey, I've heard that is is natural and you know sure. everything should be fine sure. and everything. But based on our um, our recommendations as physicians, it has not been clear for you to take medical THC during pregnancy. So we do screen that as well. Okay. And for you guys to know, we do have children in the program. There's many autistic children that yes. benefit amazing from this. I've Seizures. never, I've really? never. That's something. I need to have y'all on more often. I'm learning new things every two or three yeah. minutes. I did not know that. So how does that work for yeah, autistic how is, kids? How has that been compared to, again, I keep forgetting, you don't only own this, you're a pharmacist. How does that work compared to, I don't know what children with autism take, but I assume it's some sort of controlled pill. Mm-hmm. How does this compare to that? We find this calms them down way more. Think about it. Many of the products that we use yeah. for people to sleep better at night, an autistic child benefits amazing from. That's incredible. And then not to even go, we work so closely with neurologists, with people that have seizures. That's how this whole program, that's really why we're here today. Right. Because of that type of benefit with seizures. So you're seeing, I mean, I'm not all kidding aside, you're seeing major differences in patient lives because of this. Absolutely. From everything, from anxiety, cancer patients, autistic children, everything. So let me ask you this. Let's let's have a, a, a one, three, five conversation. Where do you see this going in one year, three years, and five years? Where do you see this happening? Where is this business going? You know, I think eventually it is going to be federal across the board that mm-hmm. that will be passed. And that that benefits the program overall. For example, one of the biggest hindrances and things for us is credit cards. Mm-hmm. Patients oh, can't right. use credit cards. Why is that? Because of the federal, federal regulations. Federal, 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 federal banking regulations. Okay. So they you can't, can't do that. You use a credit card to buy something that's illegal. Per yes. Okay. We do take debit cards because that's not a federal. You're not operating with credit transaction. I okay. got it. So you could use your debit card. Another uh, thing that we also have in the state is there are certain banks that are state-owned that allow us to, I'm not going to you know, sure, advertise sure. it, but that allow you to use their banks, you know. Their bank credit. Yeah. Okay. No, or their, yeah. their internal. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. not all banks will take your cash. You no. can't have a bank account with just anything. So you see this yeah. going federally, nationwide, medical marijuana, and across the states at some point, and the Fed's finally just capitulating and saying, you know what, we're going to end this. I think it's going to be on different levels. I don't think it's going to be full out. I do think it's going to be different levels that they do it. And I think at the end of the day, they're still going to want the states to have some control. Is Louisiana going to continue to grow? Absolutely. Do you want it to change to an open-door model like you see in Colorado where I could walk in without seeing Dr. Sherrod and buy whatever I want off the shelf? You know, I think as medical professionals, we enjoy the medical benefit of the program. We can Mm -hmm. really see the full benefit with that and have 
relationships with the patients. I think the South is many years away from going recreational. Very conservative. And Mm -hmm. I I think as a medical program, you have the rules, you have the structure. It gives many more people comfort. Okay. Yeah, our patients, um, like he said, you know, the um, 51-year-old white female. Sure. That comes in um, wanting um, medical GAC. They want to talk to a, a physician or professional to go over the medication to make sure, you know, you go through your doctor, your pharmacist. Sure. That gives them that seal of approval or what have you. And I, I think that's, you know, okay. that's the climate that we're in yeah. in mm-hmm. the location. And yeah. it really, really is beneficial. And, and to piggyback on my question of, you know, did you want it to go recreational? Are, if you could pick, would you want the insurance companies to get involved or do you like the way it's working right now? You know, insurance, as we said, with PBMs, that's another whole sure. can of worms. And I think the reason I prefer to stay the way it is is because at the end of the day, all that's going to do is cost the program more money. People think PBMs save an industry money, and we have not seen that. Uh, employers wind up paying so much more money when insurance is involved. Oh, when PBMs become their own entity, right? And, Absolutely. And they have their own interest, right? Absolutely. We, we, again, we can have a whole discussion on and that. And then I think it also changes the care of, you know, oh, well, Conrad walked in and has United and they're, they're you know, they're paying a different rate or they're not going to pay for this one when he really needs that one. And But the Blue Cross patient can get it. I think it. But then he's dealing with paperwork, Rory, it, and he got it, claims and then recoups, refunds, covered claims. I mean, that's just a mess. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. If, I mean, if you ask any for ask not to Sharon. Oh. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the ER is a little different though. He's, he's an ER, but I mean, imagine if you if you had a you know, you know, I mean, if you're submitting claims and the patient. audits, no. and then they come down to surprise audits. Yes, and tell you how much right you're going to get sure. from what they guarantee they told that you are going to pay you. So no, I always I, say I, the insurance companies are out to not pay. Oh yeah, they'll do sure. everything they can to not pay. Mitigation. If we have a if we had a listener out there that's on Capitol Hill. Baton Rouge listening right now or when this podcast airs and you wanted to get a message to them on something that you want about this program tweaked or you like or you don't like. Is there anything? Yeah, what would that be? You know what I always say is that patients need to realize they need to thank their legislators. And the reason I say that is there's other states that just say no because it's the easy way out. Yeah. This has come up and this helps so many patients. So you need to thank your legislator for stepping up and doing something out the box to help you. In other states, North Carolina, South Carolina, they refuse it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to get passed this year. But there's many states that take a hands-off approach because it's the easy way. Your government, your legislators stepped up for you, and I say thank them. Is there a way to do that, though? Let me ask you this. And, and I mean, I agree with you 100%, Randy, but why not publish maybe some statistics data and say, look, look how many patients we've helped. Look, look at this. Isn't just somebody coming over here because they want to go have fun and go to sleep at night. We've really, you know, or whatever they want to do, right? It, it, we really clinically have made a difference in Absolutely. these patients' lives. And look how many, look, look how many people we helped. So, I mean, is there a way to do that or share that? Or is that even, or is that too open? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just curious. With privacy and HIPAA. A lot well, no, of no, times no, 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 not, not names. I'm talking about, you know, 8,000 no, patients. We're collecting that, that data. We do. We collect that data always. And, we do and that way you go in front of the committee, right, Randy? And you say, look, I've, we've, we've got X patients. Here are the outcomes measurements here. Are, and get the doctors to come say, I can't say the patient's names, but it's made a tremendous difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what helped get it passed in Louisiana. Oh yeah! Those patient testimonials. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! What, uh, Doctor Sherrod? What about you? Um, any if a if a legislator was listening to this, who was on the health and welfare committee, right? Uh, what would what would you say to them uh, to help maybe tweak, alter, revise, whatever you want to call it, 
the the medical marijuana uh, legislation in Louisiana. Yes, there I, I would I would be more of a compliment to everything, um, making it more accessible to your rural communities or what have you. There were um, one of the big things I work in a lot of the smaller ERs with the mm-hmm. staffing companies, and they get the access for these patients to the dispensaries. We're making the step in the right direction by opening up and having more dispensaries. But just having that access and being able for these patients to get um, help. And I'll chime in right there. You know, we I feel we've made strides in that with not only increasing from 10 to 30 dispensaries, but also we've made it so that everyone needs to deliver now. So all the dispensaries have been mandated. You must deliver so that you give access to the rural community. And then on top of that, recently, and I think one of the main topics for us today was to talk about the AG opinion on telemedicine. You know, Dr. Sherrod runs an amazing telemedicine platform. There's less than 200 physicians in this state that are in the medical marijuana program. Without telemedicine, all patients would not have access. So I'm thankful the AG stepped up to give access to all patients by platforms like Dr. Sherrod, because he doesn't just send to Capital Wellness, he right. sends to all, all the dispensers. Yeah, all the across dispensers. the state. Because yes. he sees patients from around the state via telemedicine, and I'll let him chime in on that, but yeah. I think they did a good job at giving more access. Yeah, Dr. Sherrod, mm-hmm. I know we, we definitely wanted to talk about that and get your both of y'all's opinion on this AG opinion. It's not even two weeks old, if you want to. It's so beneficial it. because I remember when we started out, we did have to do it in brick and mortar. And I had patients coming all the way from Alexandria. I live in Baton Rouge. They took a two-hour tour. They ate while they were in town. But to have to go almost two to three hours away to get, you know, your health care that you need for the medical THC, I I think that's ridiculous. And I'm just really glad that they stepped up and, you know, defended the telemedicine because it allows us to get that access that I've been speaking of you know, to these people. So this will allow you to do telemedicine and make recommendations throughout the state of Louisiana Mm -hmm. via telemedicine. And Randy, how does this, does this allow you? Well, I think my friend, let's just, I think first tell the listeners, what is the opinion? Because we, we haven't, we haven't hit that yet. We've (laughs) talked about it. Either y'all want to discuss it or give your, or you're the attorney, (laughs) but let's let you. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I think they're looking at you. To summarize the attorney, uh, the opinion, which it wasn't super long. It was only seven pages, but you know, you've heard us say throughout today's episode, recommend, recommend, recommend. Typically, when you see a doctor, they prescribe something. Mm-hmm. Louisiana, there's been a distinction made that doctors can recommend therapeutic marijuana. And so what, what this attorney general opinion about is about is that there is another statute in Louisiana that says that if you are going to prescribe Schedule 1 or Schedule 2, and I don't know about 3, but I know 1 and 2 at least, if you're going to prescribe 1 and 2, you need an in-person you visit. You need an in-person. Now, you can do renewals, I believe, through telemedicine. After the in-person after visit. The in-person. That's after the treatment plan is set. So this question was, how does therapeutic marijuana fall into that little bubble? And the attorney general basically made a, a distinction and said, doctors aren't prescribing here. They're recommending. And they kind of hedged themselves and said, hey, if you, the board of medical examiners or legislature, if you want to clean it up, you need to go clean up your language. But... This is a recommendation. It's not a prescription. So tell me what your thoughts and, on this. And I will tell you that was the legislative intent. Last session when we got this approved, the legislators came together and said they wanted to give access to patients because there was less than 200 physicians that could treat marijuana patients. They wanted to give access. So the attorney general basically backed up the legislative intent, which was to let telemedicine doctors see patients for what telemedicine was meant for and the patient to not need to be in person. 
They do not need to come see them because it's a recommendation and does not follow prescription rules. Randy, are you allowed to ship inside of Louisiana to a patient that gets a recommendation? That's a good question. I don't know that. We can deliver to them. We have to use our own courier service. I got it. You don't want to use a mailing service because then you're back in the federal window again. I see. Okay. But but we'll bring it to their door. We get them to sign off and verify license and everything. We don't leave it on their doorstep for just anyone to get. Right. We must see them. We verify license. We scan their license. Oh, wow. And they sign it and they take it. And they can designate two caregivers to do that for them. Okay. But we do bring it to their door. And I will tell you, I think patients are going to see that a lot more coming soon. Well, like That's Dr. Great. Sherrod said, the, the Alexandria patient that might not have a pharmacy near them, they could reach out to one of these satellites, meet with Dr. Sherrod via telemedicine, get the recommendation, and then have it brought to them how you just described. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that, that, that provides chain of custody. So yeah. that's, that's important. So that's good. Well, this is all. This is all good all around. Because when I saw this opinion, that's what spurred the comment. Let's yeah. get Randy on, absolutely, and 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 get Dr. Sherrod in here because this is really, yeah, uh, it's it's cutting edge. I mean, like I'm watching Louisiana medical marijuana law evolve sure. to benefit the citizens. And comrade, I'll say that it's amazing. Louisiana really has set the standard. That's good. I get calls every day from Mississippi from Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas. I'm working in all those states because I'm so passionate about medical marijuana and we did it right. So to carry that message to other states, it's amazing. I'm super proud of that. I think both of y'all have carried the torch. You you both saw a need. You you saw it from the clinical perspective. You saw it from the pharmacy perspective and you, you came through. Yes. Yes, sir. To be the first one. We love it, man. I'm so proud I mean, of it. I'm proud of you, too. That's great. Well, when you come to Capital Wellness and you sit in my lobby and you hear these patients, yes. how thankful they are for this program being in Louisiana, it's an amazing thing. Yes. Well, Dr. Schrod, please tell our listeners how they could find you as well as, and Randy, I'd like you to do the same because I'm sure we're going to have follow-up questions that maybe we can't answer or, yes. or they'll want to contact you to see if they're eligible for this. So, Yes. Um, again, I'm Dr. Rome Schrod. And I'm with Transformative Health Centers. And you can just Google it, and it will pull up our website. Fantastic. Randy, how about yourself? Capital Wellness. Same thing. Yep, Capital Wellness. I'm Randy Meyer. You, If you Google Capital Wellness, you'll see Baton Rouge Dispensary. If you go to our website, we have tons of information, not only with our online menu for products that we have, but you can scroll down. You can see the physicians that are on there. Dr. Sherrod is listed first with Transformative Healthcare. Um, you'll see all the physicians. So it's... I, I encourage everyone, if you want a better treatment, if you're tired of your traditional pharmaceutical meds, reach out, ask questions. That's great. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on the thank show. You. We really enjoyed having you. Glad to and, be uh, and Roy, I, I got to tell you, I mean, how much stuff did you learn today? Uh, this has been... I mean, like, really... Typically, when we do these podcasts, Conrad and I know... 90% of the content. This yeah. one, I did not know. I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot, too. And gentlemen, really so we would love to have you back. Yeah. I mean, I love to, you know, if, if something, let me just say this. If something happens this legislative session and, you know, something changes or for the good or whatever, uh, we'd love to have you back, you know, at the end of the summertime uh, to do a follow-up. And and, and and come see the evolution, the continued evolution of Louisiana medical marijuana law. Yes, That's great. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. Everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Shahardi Sherman Williams Health Law Talk. <laughs> Until next time, everyone be safe. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Health Law Talk presented by Shahardi Sherman Williams. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel. Make sure to give us that five-star rating and share with your friends. 
Shahardi Sherman Williams is providing this podcast as a public service. This podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice, nor does this podcast establish an attorney-client relationship. Reference to any specific product or entity does not count as an endorsement or recommendation by Shahardi Sherman Williams. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own, and their appearance does not imply an endorsement of them or their entity that they represent. Remember, please consult an attorney for your specific legal issues.